Hello, my badass fire starters. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and this show is all about achieving the sacred pleasure of your highest potential through spirituality, self-empowerment, entrepreneurship, and magic. It's time to unabashedly blaze your own path by turning up the volume on your total authenticity. I'm an outlaw life and success coach for rebel boss witches and modern mystics, and I'm so excited to have you join me. Thank you for listening. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. This is your lovely hostess, Caitlin Matanley. How are you all doing? Are you enjoying this fall, spooky, Halloween, Samhain season? I'm sure you are. And I actually, today, I want to continue on in our theme for October, which I actually didn't really announce. (laughs) So for season two of Rebirth of Venus, I am playing with some monthly themes just to give us an opportunity to really dive into some you know, areas of study together in a more intensive way. So this is sort of a mini, a mini month since the new season just premiered last week. And, you know, it's October, so obviously I wanted to talk about all things spooky and shadowy and a little darker. If you missed the last episode, the premiere, the season premiere of the show, I talked last week about, um, what the fuck did I call it? (laughs) Getting in touch with your shadow, reclaiming your darkness, all of that good shit. So anyway, I want to talk today about being psychic. So first of all, are you psychic? Chances are you are. It's actually my belief that we're all a little bit psychic, you know, because I always say we're all intuitive. It's really just, you know, intuition, just like the various psychic gifts that we're going to talk about today are things that we can develop. They're things that they're, they're gifts that we sometimes come into with time. Sometimes we have them since birth or rather we're in touch with them since birth. Other times we, you know, actually intentionally develop these skills. And so what's cool about intuition or psychic abilities is that, yes, some of us are definitely born with a sort of natural tendency or proficiency towards, you know, seeing visions or having like just, you know, really like getting these strong gut feelings or any number of things. And then for others, it kind of comes with time. So I want to talk today about my, you know, my, I guess, journey in finding out that I was psychic and how that's changed over the years. And I want to talk about the different ways that we can be psychic. And then also I want to tell you, to to guide you on how you can become more psychic. So if this sounds like fun to you, I encourage you to keep listening. And honestly, I think you're going to find by the end of this episode that a couple things have happened. You've realized that you're way more psychic than you realized, and you are open up to your natural gifts coming through. Because ultimately, I feel like sometimes when we don't have a lot of information about something, or maybe we don't, in this case, know anyone else who's psychic, and maybe it's not like in the movies where like, you know, we... (laughs) I don't know. I, for some reason, I just thought of Final Destination. I don't... Was he psychic in the movie? I, it's been so long since I've... And I know there's like 30 Final Destination movies now, but you know, it's not always the dramatic thing where you like see the plane exploding and you get off the plane in time. Like I said, I don't actually remember if that's what happened in the movie, but it's what came to my mind. (laughs) And if you know me, it's that I literally just cannot help but to always say exactly what's on my mind. It's sometimes a problem. I wonder if that's actually like a Chiron and Gemini thing. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Moving on and away from astrology because actually our theme for the month of November is going to be astrology and diving into the different facets of how we can use our 
understanding of astrology to develop ourselves, to improve upon ourselves, our relationships, how we can use it as a self-development tool as well as a tool to know ourselves and accept ourselves more greatly. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're still in October. I'm already thinking ahead of till November. So what does it mean to be psychic? So a lot of people view psychic abilities as taking eight different forms. I call them the clairs, which is funny because I actually couldn't remember all of the clairs when I was thinking about this episode. As so I had, I, I just Googled clairs and what came up is like the jewelry, the, the children's teenagers jewelry store in the United States. <laughs> I was like, fuck, how do I search this? I was like, the psychic clairs? <laughs> this is going to get weird. Anyway, so there are eight ways commonly believed that one can be psychic. Clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. So clair, the prefix clair means clear. I think in French, I don't really know. <laughs> so clairvoyance is clear seeing. This, this can come, take the form of visions. Claircognizance, clear knowing, which is probably the one that you, I think that most people have the most personal experience with. I think every single person has had a circumstance, something happened in their life where they realize like you get a feeling in your gut and you're trying to be right or something like that. Clairaudience, which is clear hearing. That could be, take the form of like hearing a message, hearing voices. Clair empathy, which is clear emotional feeling, which I feel like that kind of is really linked to Claire cognizance. I honestly haven't studied Claire empathy, so if you're a Claire empathetic, um, message me on, on Instagram at rebirth underscore Venus and tell me more about what that looks like for you. But um, I could see that being tied together. Like you can read maybe emotions from people. I don't have the definitions here of each of, each of them, so... <laughs> Moving on, clairsentience, clear physical feeling. So this is different from clear knowing, which is claircognizance. The clairsentience is you physically feel things. So like maybe you physically feel temperature changes or I don't know, like a hand touching your shoulder when nobody was there. Oh my God, I'm actually alone in my apartment right now and that's creepy as fuck. I, ugh, I, I, I like the idea of that happening terrifies me. <laughs> Claire tangency, clear touching. Again, I don't really know so much about that, Claire. Claire, clear touching. Maybe like you can touch things that aren't there. Sounds kind of dirty, but anyway. Claire salience, clear smelling, which is when you smell, you receive messages through smell. And Claire gustance, clear tasting which is the form of, you know, you taste some, again, taste something that's not there. When I say not there, it's just, you're seeing beyond or you're tasting beyond. <laughs> again, that sounds dirty. Oh, I can't help myself to make everything like a that's what she said moment. But Claire Gustin's, like, if you're tasting something that's not there, it's not that it's not there. That's not my perspective. My perspective is that you're you're experiencing something beyond, which is immediately obvious to the average person in in your human experience if that makes sense so i like i said i feel that most people have the most um experience personal experience with examples of clear cognizance clear knowing just knowing that something like you know, often our intuition which is really designed to keep us safe is like don't go there don't do this you know it takes that kind of form and if you're somebody who like really feels things in your body, like in the pit of your stomach or, and I always tell people actually, when they're working on developing their intuition, pay attention to certain truths that come to you or certain ideas that come to you and how they feel in your body. And that's a really easy way to differentiate between, um, oh, you know, like I'm fearful, like the don't do this that comes from just being scared versus the don't do this that comes from your intuition. Generally, most people feel those in different parts of their body. And the more you can separate, you know, fear from honest, true intuition, the easier it is to interpret messages. Um, so I feel like that, you know, the claircognizance that I think most people have some experience with, I guess would kind of combine with you're feeling something in your body, 
I don't know if that's clear empathy, clear emotional feeling, or clear, clear sentience, clear physical feeling. I'm not sure. So my point in telling you this is to demonstrate how there are many different ways that we interpret information in the world. And it's my theory, actually, that the way that we learn, so if you've ever, ever heard of like learning styles, like I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but you know, the learning styles of like, you can be a kinesthetic learner, which means you learn through movement, through doing things with your body. You could be an auditory learner. You learn from hearing. Knowing how you learn naturally, for me, is a way of understanding how you interpret information in the world. And often there's overlap between that, in, in my experience, there's overlap between that and the um, natural senses that are more developed in you. Because that's the thing about psychic abilities. They, it's really about an area of interpreting information from the world that is more developed. And it's often linked to a more developed physical sense. And what's cool about that is that you can actually intentionally develop your senses. I have to say, I absolutely love creating these episodes for you. And I can't do it without you. It's the conversations we have in my DMs on Instagram at rebirth underscore a Venus and in emails, the comments, your questions. It's all of this that gives me motivation and inspiration for each and every one of the episodes. Now there's a new way that you can support the show if you love it. So if you tune in week after week and you've gotten value from this content, I would absolutely be honored to have you join me in my supporter community online. Click the link in the show notes to find out how you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. It makes such a big difference and I appreciate it so, so much. So actually, I have a, I have a great book. It's called The Witch's Eight Paths of Power by Lady Sable Oradia. It's a very epic sounding name. Anyway, it's a book about, it, it's kind of about Wicca. I mean, it, I think it is a Wicca book. But I'm not Wiccan, and I think it's a really, really great manual. It's called A Complete Course in Magic and Witchcraft. What I love about this book is that it, it really, really encourages you to – it has these activities. The whole book is made up of these, like, activities you can follow step by step. I haven't, full disclosure. But, I mean, looking at the pages, I've, I've dog-eared, like, a third of the pages in the book, it looks like. <laughs> So I, I really saw them as important whether or not I did the activity later. But what's cool about this book is it has a lot of information about developing your psychic abilities. And I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, by the way. What's cool is that, you know, it really takes you through different exercises that increase you know, your power of visualization, for example. That's a really great thing to develop because, well... It's a great thing to develop if you're called to because I get so many people who, who are like, oh, I can't, you know, do magic or I can't manifest because I can't visualize. And I always tell people it doesn't really matter how you get yourself into the state of having the thing. So a lot of people use visualization to get themselves into a place of like feeling that they have the desire, feeling that it's already here through visualization. And there are all these interesting studies about visualization and about how you know, like with athletes and all kinds of different groups of people, that visualizing an outcome actually leads to dramatic improvement in the like skill set. So, I mean, there was a really interesting study. I forget what university did it, but they did it with basketball players. And I think like the control group, um, they just like went to normal practice over the course of, I don't know, uh, a month, let's say. And I believe they were practicing a specific skill, like free throwing, um, I believe. And so they had like two random groups that I, I don't know, I, were they matched for original skill? I'm not really sure. Um, but the control group just did their normal practice and they increased their free throwing abilities um, by, I don't remember the exact numbers, but let's say like 30%. I believe it was about like maybe 30 or 40%. So they had a 30% increase individually and overall 
in their success rate doing free throws at practice. And then there was a group that didn't actually go to practice, but they visualized the practice. And they experienced like a 26% increase. So there basically was no difference, not a large difference between people who just visualize the practice and, and getting better over time and the ones who were actually practicing, which is insane. So, you know, visualization is, is it's kind of like touted as the way to get what you want, to manifest your desires and everything. But a lot of people don't visualize naturally. And my perspective on that as a teacher is that not everybody's a visual learner. And if you're not a visual learner and you don't choose to intentionally increase your visualization skills, which you don't have to, you know, then that's not going to be the most effective way of getting you in the space of having the thing. Me, for example, this is going to, when I talk about like my psychic abilities, it's going to be interesting because I actually am clairvoyant. However, I'm not a strong visualizer. And I'm going to explain more about that a bit later, but for me, like if I'm trying to get myself into the energy of having my desire, I focus more on how it feels. And, you know, the visualization doesn't have to take on a, a clear picture. So anyway, back to this book. Um, there are all these activities that basically serve to improve your senses, sometimes just in the physical realm. Like I think if I remember correctly, there was some exercise or maybe a couple of exercises in this book where you, you know, deliberately cut off some of your senses and like focus on what you're experiencing through the scent that is strengthened when you're cutting off the others. There's all kinds of really cool stuff in here. And that's the thing. These are skills like anything else. Just like some of us seem to be born with natural talents, like some of us, okay, like if you're Ariana fucking Grande, like I think she just came out of the womb singing like that. I actually, side note, <laughs> I'm getting on another tangent, but it feels important in this moment. I watched the carpool karaoke with Ariana Grande and it was literally insane. Like I think she sounded better just like off the cuff singing in the car than she even does on like an album or live. It was crazy. She's so talented. Okay, so people like Ariana Grande maybe are like born being able to sing. I mean, obviously she has developed that and she's taking, taking voice lessons, but I can pretty much promise you that all the voice lessons in the world wouldn't make me sound like Ariana Grande. I mean, I can carry a tune, but you know, I, no Ariana Grande. <laughs> all right. I mean, I feel like I am in the shower sometime. There, have you noticed there are really good acoustics in the shower? Okay. Back to being psychic. <laughs> My point is that, yes, I mean, some people definitely have these dramatic experiences when they're young of like, holy shit, I'm seeing things that aren't there. Like, you know, I see dead people type situations, but I actually believe that most of us who are psychic either don't have those dramatic experiences or we grow into our skills and they become more, they reveal themselves over time. So yes, you can definitely do things to work on improving your senses. And um, one, I, I believe it was this book, now I'm like worried that I'm, I, I know this book has a lot of in here. I have it in front of me, but I don't want to like flip through it. Um, I believe it's this book that has an exercise where you, um, you work on your vocabulary around the senses. So for example, if you're, if you're focusing on like a smell-based kind of meditation, then you really get good at describing smell. And instead of just being like, it smells burnt or something, you really get clear on what it smells like so that then say a spirit wants to communicate with you through smell, you know exactly what it is you're smelling and you can more in, more easily interpret that. You can do the same with sound. If you get a visualization, it's like um, if you've ever woken up from a dream and like you lose it quickly, unless you, you know, can write it down. Like some people say with your eyes closed, I don't know how they really do that. I'm a fan of the voice memo. Because um, like that for me is the fastest way to get information out. I'm a much, as I'm sure you know from listening to this podcast, I'm a much faster talker than I am anything else. So for me, that's easier. But, you know, over time, it becomes easier, they say, to remember your dreams if you're documenting them. And I believe it's for the same reason. It's because you are 
developing like a vocabulary for talking about these experiences. So we can do the same thing with anything. So I want to share my experience with kind of, <laughs> as I've said in the sort of clickbaity title, how I found out I was psychic. <laughs> because my story I think is like kind of unusual and I think it will be interesting for those of you who don't necessarily feel hella psychic and it'll give you something to start thinking about as you start paying attention to to the, the impulses and the information you get from the world beyond that which is immediately visible or you know present. So I probably for my whole life, I definitely would receive visions. So what's interesting is, like I said, I'm not a visual learner. I learn through like, I'm I'm more of a kinesthetic learner. So I learn through movement, through doing things. Like if I, if I'm doing like a work training back when I had like a job job, um, and that wasn't working for myself. And it was like, I had to watch like a slideshow or I guess they call it a PowerPoint these days. <laughs> a slideshow. Like, what the fuck am I talking about? A, uh, a PowerPoint. You know, I would not retain that information. I would retain it first, like at the very bare minimum by just writing it down, which I think is a kinesthetic learning thing. Like I said, not an expert on the learning styles. Um, but more importantly, I would just learn better just doing things on the job. You know, put me in a training, throw me into the wolf, the wolf den, <laughs> and I will learn it. Because I learn by doing, by taking action. That's actually, I think, why I'm a pretty action-oriented person. I would so, so, so much rather just do something than, like, sit around and think about it forever. Because I want to see if it works, you know, and, and, like, see if it feels good. And that is, I think, another thing. I learn by feeling. So, like, if it feels good, it feels right, I go forward, which I recently learned is related to my human design because I am a sacral authority. I'm trying to remember because I'm like, I know very little about human design. I actually do have an episode coming up for you all about human design. And you're very excited. I've been getting a lot of people asking about it. So I'm a manifesting generator. If you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. Just Google human design um, or wait for the episode that I will be sharing on this. Um, But I'm a sacral authority, which means basically in human terms, I feel things kind of in my like sacral center, which is like kind of in my gut, like deep in my gut. And so if, if I am trying to decide whether or not to do something, it's like it either feels right or it doesn't, which is interesting because that is like that claircognizance or the clair, what was the other one? Clairsentience, like the physical feeling. So like I, I kind of feel it physically or just know. But to me, I just know through my gut, which is interesting because, another tangent, apparently they've found that there are, that basically the, I'm going to mess up like the specific vocabulary. So if you're like a, you know, anatomy genius, feel free to message me and correct me. But the, I guess, nerve endings of the brain? I don't know. Basically, there are more, um, I'm going to call them nerve endings of the brain. If that's not what they're called, don't come for me. Um, But there are, I think, like almost as many in the stomach as there are in your actual like brain that's in your skull. Because our brain like STEM, I guess it is. Again, I'm really reaching here. I just remember the general, the general, <laughs> the very general, uh, you know, discussion of this. But our brain extends beyond our brain. I really sound like an idiot. Anyway, so there are actually more nerve endings that allow us to perceive information, or as many, or close to as many. Again, missing the details in the stomach as there are in the actual like head brain, which is kind of crazy because it's like, oh, okay, if you're more, if you're more open to receiving information through like a feeling in your gut, I really believe it's if you're more open to it, you're going to get more information. It's really just like the reticular activating system, which is the part of the brain that filters information. And it does that in part by, you know, whatever we're kind of looking for, we get as far as information. So if we're open to receiving information in other forms, we are more likely to do so. So that's interesting, which is a really important part actually of of developing your psychic abilities, just deciding to be open to it. 
So anyway, back to my story, which honestly I'm telling with that intention, that it, allow, that it shows you a way of being more open to whatever your gifts may be. Anyway, so i not actually a strong visual learner. And that is why when I receive what I call a vision, it's very obvious because it's a super clear picture, super, super clear picture. And that's not something that just comes naturally to me. So it's interesting because even though I could call like, oh, I'm not naturally a strong visualizer, that could be a quote unquote weakness. It actually for me has been a strength because it allows me to easily differentiate between psychic visions and just like, you know, living my life, right? So for me, the way this manifests, I didn't really pay so much attention to it until I was older. But when I would often think about some events, like in my future, so maybe it was like thinking of a relationship I was in in the future or thinking about like changing something in my life and thinking about what the future would look like if I made that change. One thing I noticed is that sometimes I could very, very, very clearly picture it and sometimes I couldn't. I would just see like darkness. That sounds really ominous. I would just not see anything. And over time, and I learned this by like, you know, imploding my life on a few occasions because I, would, I got such a clear vision that I was supposed to be doing something else. Um, I started to see a pattern over time, which is basically like, if I could picture something super easily, it was going to happen. And it was like kind of, I don't like using this word destined to happen, but because I don't really believe in destiny in the way it's described often, but like for lack of a better term, we'll say destined to happen, supposed to happen. And then if I couldn't picture it, it was interesting because like I later would, it like wouldn't happen, you know? Maybe something that seemed so definite, so, so definite, but it would then just like not happen. Okay, I'm gonna give you a really personal example. Um, when I met my former husband, I knew I was going to marry him. Knew, 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 knew. And there were a few things that led to that knowing, but it happened early on. I just knew. And yet, and we did get married, I actually could never really picture the future with this person. I just didn't think about it though, because we were married. Hell, I had known it psychically and it happened. So you don't, the, the funny, you're not really funny. Like, you know, obviously it was not the, Obviously, it was, you know, not like a funny situation. It was a difficult situation. Um, but I realized later when our marriage ended that I actually, I had seen, I had known we were going to get married, but I had actually never been able to picture like the future. And it wasn't that like I just couldn't imagine. It's just like there wasn't anything there. And obviously, in retrospect, it was like extremely obvious that, oh, I had had the premonition that we would get married, but that didn't necessarily mean we were going to stay married. And that was actually a really painful example of a, you know, time. It was like I, I hadn't really yet had the vocabulary for the visions or realized that like you need to take the visions, whether they take the form of like an actual picture for you or some other form that I've described, some, you need to take them at face value. And this was a time I had put my human, um, you know, I had, I'd received a vision and then put my human explanation behind it, forgetting that like, ooh, I had only seen one part of the picture. And that's, I think, a really important part actually about developing your psychic abilities is recognizing that you're only seeing part of the picture. And even if you're psychic, you are still prone to interpret what you receive as far as a vision or any other information through your human lens, of your human desires, your human expectations, your human, you know, society's expectations, etc. So let that story be kind of like a, I don't want to say a word of warning, but just a an example of how like really when you develop your psychic abilities, what you're developing is a new language. It's like a new language. And when you try to combine, okay, for example, like I 
English is my native language and I am forever learning Spanish. I live in Mexico and forever learning. <laughs> and it's funny because I always joke that English and Spanish are just similar enough to be confusing because actually they have a, there are a lot of things that are different. And both ways, because like, for example, my boyfriend, when I, when he says some things in English, I realize like, oh, this makes sense in, in Spanish. But when you translate it in your head from Spanish to English, it comes out funny and vice versa. I do the same thing. So it's kind of like that with your psychic abilities and like your normal senses. We're going to put normal in air quotes, of course. It's, not, it's sort of the similar thing because what happens is you, you know, you're used to receiving information that means a certain thing and it feels linear, which of course it isn't. But it, it feels like we have a, a pretty linear perception of information, of time, etc., on the human plane. And you receive, if you start to receive this other external information, it's natural to interpret it in the lens of your human, like I said, expectations, desires, etc. And so the more open you can be to really just recognizing that you don't know shit <laughs> and that, you know, learning to interpret this information effectively is a separate skill beyond just receiving it. The more you are open to that, the more you can, you know, make progress and over time become really gifted at understanding these messages that you receive. Okay, so that's the whole clairvoyant slash Claire cognizant slash Claire sentient. As you see, like all of these sort of Claire's, a lot of them kind of blend together. You know, sometimes people are like, this is my Claire, you know? They're like hella clairvoyant. Like people, sometimes people who have really um, vivid dream lives are naturally really clairvoyant. They may not realize that yet. But again, like that's that area that's been developed. So my clairvoyance comes like in flashes. It's not, it comes in flashes I actually hardly ever remember my dreams with the exception of recently because I've gotten totally hooked on Riverdale and I'm catching up so I can get to the current season, even though it's not on Netflix in Mexico. So I have to like find out a workaround to get to it once I finish the current season three or like current to me. Anyway, never, ever, ever in my life have I had like... Have I had media I was ingesting get into my dreams this fucking much? I have Riverdale dreams like every fucking night, but they're always ridiculous. It's not like, you know, Jughead is, you know, in love with me. Um, <laughs> I did actually the other morning have a dream. I mean, if you watch the show, you understand that Jughead is like the hottest. Um, and <laughs> maybe you disagree. Maybe more of an Archie person. Archie annoys the shit out of me personally, although he has great hair. I'm really getting on a tangent now, but um, <laughs> I, I did have a dream the other night. <laughs> I woke up and I told my boyfriend who's not watching Riverdale. I was like, had a dream that like one of the stars of Riverdale, who I kind of have a crush on, <laughs> like posted on Instagram, like tagged somebody I knew on Instagram and I was like really excited to tell them and then like I couldn't find the original post. Really anticlimactic dream. I have the most boring dreams in the world generally, which maybe it's why I don't remember them because <laughs> they're boring as fuck. <laughs> um, but anyway, I uh, totally like have no idea where I was going with this. Oh, the dreams. I do not have super vivid dream life. Again, that's not a skill I've developed. I totally could. I just haven't. And so I believe that's connected to why my clairvoyance kind of comes in flashes. Okay. But the really interesting psychic story is that it's about smell. And this leads to be, me to what I call like my primary clair. So let me preface by saying my entire life, I had an extremely weak sense of smell. My older brother does as well. And we're also like very sniffly, like we're kind of always congested. And so it's always been a little bit of a joke in my family. Like, I can't smell fucking shit. Can't smell shit. Um, which is great when it actually is shit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so my whole life, I could not smell anything. And when I entered my 30s, something crazy happened. Suddenly, my sense of smell became hella strong. 
And again, what was a weakness in the early part of my life became, was like, it was what allowed me to recognize that something different was happening. Because if I had just been a normal person who smells things, I probably wouldn't have noticed like an increase in my sense of smell. But because I had never, like I could barely smell anything ever, to suddenly, and it did feel like it happened overnight. <laughs> I'm sure it was a little more gradual, but it, that's how it felt. It felt like it happened overnight, like when I turned 30. Um, I woke up and I could smell the roses. No. Suddenly I could smell really well, like obnoxiously well. Like I could smell everything. In fact, it led to many late night Google searches about like, do I have a tumor, a brain tumor? Because I had heard that like a smelling things that aren't there is a is a um, symptom of a brain tumor. I don't know. So um, Dr. Google, I decided later, was not telling me I had a brain tumor. But <laughs> I it was really, really strange to me. I was like, this is really strange. This is really strange. And I just started, you know, kind of like, huh, wow, I'm smelling things. It's weird. And it was one, it wasn't actually until like a couple of years ago. I think it was around when I first had moved to Mexico City because it was definitely, it was here. And I was walking through the metro one day. This is like going to be really morbid, but I got to keep it real with you all. I was walking through the metro one day and I smelled this like really strong smell. It smelled like cold and musty, but like wasn't bad. It wasn't like a, a putrid smell. It wasn't bad. I mean, because... Mexico City is the land of many smells. I joke that it's the land of the greatest smell you've ever smelled, immediately followed by the worst smell you've ever smelled. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that, you're walking with your friend. That, oh, something smells amazing. It's like someone's cooking the most amazing food of all time. And as soon as your friend stops and smells it, it's like you just smell like rotting sewage. <laughs> so anyway, I was in the metro. I was smelling the smell. It was a really distinct smell, and I was just, it was almost intoxicating. Like I said, it wasn't a bad smell, but it was a weird smell. And suddenly, a, a thought came into my mind. Maybe it was clear audience, clear hearing, because that does happen to me occasionally. Like, I'll hear something, like, clear as day. And oh, interestingly, I'm just connecting it. They do, for me, the two of these things go together. Okay, let me, let me, let me stay on track, and I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly the flash popped into my head which is that I was smell it was the smell of death I know that sounds really creepy and really morbid but it wasn't like it wasn't because I I've, I have communicated with spirits before like I'm not you know so freaked out by the idea of smelling death and like I said it wasn't like a, it wasn't smelling a dead body <laughs> like that would be fucking that would be scary, <laughs> like the real smell. But it was like the smell of the ether, maybe you could say, or like it, it's it was smelled like spirits. It smelled like spirits, and the only reason I knew it smelled like spirits is because that thought came into my mind, and I was like, huh. And I noticed it a few other times in the same metro line. Like, and again, I'm, I'm not going to like get all morbid and be like, oh, people have died here. Like, that's, I, I don't want to actually think about that because that's really fucking creepy. Because um, that's like real life creepy. But, you know, just like certain areas have spirits for whatever reason. You know, it doesn't, it wasn't relevant. It kind of was relevant, but I, I'm, I'm kind of like skimming over that so as not to be creeped out. So... This happened a few more times. And then I started paying attention to the smells I was smelling and like really started recognizing them. Like, oh, I smell this. What do I smell right now? And I think it was around that time that I was reading maybe something, and I don't remember what it was, it maybe an article about like psychic abilities. And I heard of this term, clairsalience, which is clear smelling. And it hit me like, a pile of bricks. Holy shit. That is what I'm experiencing. Like, it's not that I just woke up and was able to smell. I was able to smell things that weren't there. And it started happening to me a lot. Like, it happened a few times where I had to, like, like, I, I remember I was in this pharmacy. And it was, like, an old historic building. It, it's not, like, a CVS. <laughs> but I actually had to leave because the smell was so strong. It, 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 the smell made me so uncomfortable. 
it really, really did. This was like kind of early in my development of my clairsalience. And so like, who knows what I was smelling, but I started noticing it in certain air places. And then once I started, once I had like a word for it, I started paying closer attention and I was like, cool, what is the smell trying to tell me? Sometimes I, you know, and, and what I've experienced is that often it's just like a hi, like a hello, we're here. I know it sounds really freaky, um, but I'm glad. I hope I'm scaring you because it's Halloween. Anyway, so I started paying attention. Like, what is the message? And I started like kind of having fun interpreting it because, you know, if you've, if you've intentionally developed your psychic abilities, you know, and you weren't just like, well, I mean, honestly, even if you're born with these abilities, there, it takes time to like grow into them and understand what you're experiencing and interpret it. So this happens for anybody. So if you've been through that, you know, like it can be really confusing for a time. In fact, for me, it still is. But then it was a couple times when I got really, really distinct reads on physical objects that had belonged to someone deceased that I really started understanding. So I would, sm- I, I, I would sometimes pick up a smell from something and just be absolutely transported. And sometimes it would be like I'd, I would actually get a vision of something or like an inkling of like a past memory or something associated with the object. And then other times I would get like a clear emotional, oh my gosh, this is clear empathy. Remember how earlier I was like, I don't really understand that one. That's what I felt like. I would feel like the love that was being passed along Um, or like some kind of emotion like that. And I would like be getting this read off the object. And then it started leading me some down some interesting paths like, Okay, so a few weeks ago, I super strongly smelled, it smelled like mulled wine. So like wine warmed with spices. So strong in my kitchen. And like, sadly, I did not have any mulled wine on the stove, you know? And of course, like I live in a giant apartment building. There, I mean, you know, sometimes I do, I do look for, um, I do look for potential real explanations like maybe someone's mulling wine but it was in like September it just didn't seem and it was really strong like it was happening in my kitchen and I've gotten some readings over the years of from a female ancestor and honestly I'll be honest with you all I'm still trying to interpret who it is I'm very very I feel very certain it's on my mother's side but her connection to like her heritage and her um her relatives is very sparse so I've had a hard time like really figuring out what it is and I was like wonder if like wonder what that is who it is and again I got the like clairaudient name Mary in my head and so, so like I was saying earlier, like I touched on, for me, clairsalience and clairaudience are kind of linked. Like I'll get like a, a word in my head that like I hear it and it's often linked to the smell, um, which is interesting. So pay attention to how things are, these things may be connected for you when you start to experience and pay, well, you're already experiencing it when you start to pay attention to what you're experiencing. Anyway, so I was like, Mary. So what's crazy is that my paternal grandmother was named Mary. And for some reason, like, that didn't even cross my mind. Didn't even cross my mind. And, but I was just like, let me call my mom, right? Because I had this, like, read uh, from an ancestor on her side. I've been getting for a few years, like, bits of information here and there. And I was like, I think it's something like that. And I asked my mom, I was like, did you? Oh, I know what happened. I actually, first, this is crazy. So I Googled Mary red wine just because I was like I don't like maybe you never know like maybe sometimes the the message you get isn't a direct message and it leads you to another message nothing really came up and then in my head came this phrase Aunt Mary's Potica and I was like oh I remember like my mom makes this bread at around the holidays I think it's a Croatian recipe originally um Eastern European it's a 
it's a holiday bread. Well, we have it for the, around the holidays. It's called potica. It's like swirled with nuts and like a sweet kind of filling. Um, and so I Googled that phrase and I was like, cause I was like, wait, I think my mom's like great aunt or someone gave her that recipe. And I feel like a strong connection to that um, side of the family, even though, like I said, I don't actually know anyone on that side of the family, um, but like spiritually. And my understanding is that they were Slavic in heritage. So I was like, okay, like, huh, maybe it's something related here. And so I, but I, I Googled this and what I found were like 30,000 Aunt Mary's Potica recipes. And I was like, wait, did I just imagine that her name was Mary and this is just the name of the recipe? Anyway, I called my mom and I was like, weird questions. And I asked her a bunch of weird questions. And she was like, oh yeah, like it's funny because my great aunt Mary would make this bread and then she didn't give me the recipe. She died. And much later I looked, I was like looking for the recipe and I found, I think she found it like in a magazine a recipe that said it was called Aunt Mary's Potica. And she was like, holy shit, my Aunt Mary made this. So that was kind of crazy. So I was like, okay, I didn't imagine this was her name. And I was like, did she make, did she like drink wine? Anyway, she didn't, she didn't drink wine. The point isn't like, oh my God, I, I like, it was Mary. <laughs> I still don't know what the smell was, but it led me down this path, it led me down this path. And, um, from there, I remembered like years ago, I did one of those 23andMe tests and I went back and looked at it. And I found out that actually I don't have any Slavic heritage. It's Hungarian. So I was like, and my mom, it was very possible. Like they, they didn't really, you know, talk about their heritage. So it's like very possible they're actually Hungarian, you know. But the point is like it led me down this path and it was like, okay, like what's the information I'm trying to get? And I don't have like a, a ending to the story that's like I, I discovered this like crazy mystery. Because my point is that, you know, these – your psychic insights aren't always so dramatic, you know? It's not always like I call my mother and I find – and like Aunt Mary had a message for her that was relayed through me and like it meant something to my mother that nobody would have known, you know? It's not always this dramatic Hollywood stuff. Sometimes it's just inviting us to learn more or inviting us to discover something or inviting us just to perceive more information that's there. And so I really encourage you to play with, you know, the ideas that the idea that that some of your senses are more developed than others, possibly to a psychic extent, and you just haven't even realized it. And who knows what you'll discover by developing that? Who knows? Maybe it'll just be a cool party trick. For me, it's weird, you know, especially with getting smell reads off of objects. I have a lot of discomfort, I'll be honest, with giving people messages from the afterlife. And I do get messages, but it feels weird because it's like, it almost feels like people will think I'm faking it to get attention or something. That's my perception, which I understand is like my shadow beliefs around my psychic abilities that keeps me from really being able to use them to help people in as much of an extent as I could, you know, because it's like, even as a tarot reader, I really set parameters up around my readings that are like, because sometimes I do get a psychic flash, but I actually don't believe that um, unless it's like that you're in danger, which case obviously I'll say something. I don't really believe that that's helpful for another person. You know, like I remember clearly I did a uh, tarot session once for a client on a relationship issue and I could see clear as day how it was going to end. But ultimately me saying that, I mean, you know from experience, I'm sure that sometimes you want you're not prepared for the truth. You know, it's like when you break up with someone and your friends are like, yeah, I didn't really think they were good for you. And you're like, why didn't you tell me? And they're like, well, you wouldn't have listened. Well, that's the truth. So unless it's like you're in danger, I usually, in I, I will interpret that information more as like, hey, I'm definitely seeing some challenges. You may have to fight for this, but you can choose that, you know? So I feel funny about relaying you know, messages from the afterlife to people because it's like, I, I just, 
you have to be cautious and aware of like what the point is, you know? And a lot of people do kind of let their egos make that the point. Like they want to be the psychic. They want people to be impressed, you know? So unless it's like a message that I know is really going to help somebody, I kind of keep it to myself. But regardless of the messages, what form they take, I guarantee that they are trying to reach you. And I encourage you to open up your, like I said, be open to the idea that you're psychic. Be open to the idea that there is more information out there than you are perceiving, which is actually just science because we only, you know, our brains filter out the vast, vast majority of information that we receive. And just to kind of see where it takes you, see where the journey takes you. So I hope that this episode has been interesting to you. It's been a longer one than I expected. I guess I had a lot more to say about being psychic than I had thought. Um, quick, exciting announcement. This Wednesday, I am hosting a free class online. It is all about accessing the sacred pleasure of your highest potential. So check out the link in the show notes to find out about how you can RSVP for the class. Um, you will RSVP online, get free access. Replays are available as well if you can't make it live. It's Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And I can't wait to see you there. Like I said, it's completely free. It's going to be an amazing class. I'm going to be teaching five of my secrets on how to achieve what I call the sacred pleasure of your highest potential, which is really what allows you to do great work in the world. So it's going to be a really, really fun free class. I hope to see all of you there. And aside from that, thank you so much for listening. Send me a message on Instagram at rebirth underscore of Venus to let me know about your experiences with your psychic abilities and share your stories with me. It's always really, really interesting and fun to see what you have to say about all of these topics. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you all again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave me a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts app. To keep the episodes coming, click on the link in the show notes to support the show for as little as $1 a month. I am so grateful to have you as part of this movement. I'll see you soon.